CPR. What does CPR stand for? We've been talking about this. We started talking about CPR last week. We've been, over the last two months, we've been talking about the vision of who this class is. But then we started talking about CPR last week. And what is that? What does that mean? What is the first one we talked about? What's C stand for? Does that work? Yeah, good. Confession? Yeah. Who knows how to do CPR like the, like the real one? Last time I asked you that, and then Brock said half these people don't know how to do CPR. So let's 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 hear it. How you do it? Mitch said <laughs> Mitch does not know how, because he said he would not suck on my face if I passed out. Which praise the Lord, you know. <laughs> so what are the what are the numbers and the the procedures for CPR? Eva, you think you got it? Two, thirty chest compressions and two breaths. Five. You just do that. Thirty chest compressions, two breaths. Two breaths. Is there? A, Okay. Can you please demonstrate on Chris? Alive. Okay. And then what? Send someone to get the AED. That's not fair because your mom's doing that training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, do you do it to the ah, 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 staying alive song? Baby Shark? Baby Shark. Okay. So do I do this? How do I do it? Lock your elbows. Lock my elbows? Then what? Jump up and down. Like this? Okay. Here? Now, am I breaking their sternum? So my goal is to break their sternum. Two inches into their chest? Okay, so if I'm CPRing them, right? Why not? Don't listen to him? Okay, I won't listen to him. Okay, but what about... Like, if it's a smaller person, like a little kid, you're giving them CPR, you can't just, like, that would just crush them. Maybe you're doing, I think, one hand. Just no, let the, so just let that child. Do. You're a lifeguard, right? You were li- so one hand, do I still lock my elbow? Yeah, so, yeah but a, child, a baby's two fingers. What the heck is that doing? They're, they're this tiny, because their bones are like, I'm supposed to lock my elbow for the baby? Fragile, their heads are stuff, their chest is the same way. So you only do two things so for a baby, like a baby. So do I just do it like this? Or you could use your two thumbs. Or you could wrap around their chest. Oh. Actually know how to do CPR. A lot of them do. They would die in this group. Give yourself a hand. Good job, CPRers. Yes. Okay, well, that's not what we're actually, you know, talking about. But it's similar, kind of. Because what we're talking about is we're, we're talking about giving CPR uh, to your devotional time, to your quiet time, to your relationship with God. And we talk about C of CPR standing for confession. And specifically confession uh, unto thankfulness. So we looked at Romans chapter 7 and we saw that uh, Paul was telling the church of Rome, this, these Romans, he was saying, hey... 
man, let me just tell you, there's two parts to every person. There's the part of me that wants to obey God, and there's the part of me that is a part of every single person that doesn't want to obey God, my flesh. So I've got this, you could, you could describe it like this, the new man and the old man. And every, everything I know I should do, the things I want to do, I don't do them. And everything I don't want to do, I find myself doing them. And then he, he, he proclaims in verse 24, he says, Oh, wretched man that I am. And that is what, I talk, what I'm talking about when I say confession. I'm not talking about laying out each and every individual sin that you commit in a day, because that's all you would do every day, all day. But it's, a, it's an acknowledging of, I am wretched. I actually am weak. I am insufficient. I am a flesh bag. Meaning, there's a part of me that just wants to rebel against God, and I acknowledge that. And I acknowledge that I have rebelled against Him, and that I have not done what is needed. Me personally, I have not done, nor earned, or am able to earn or do what is required to make me right with God. I can't do it. It's acknowledging that and confessing it. And then it's reckoning and realizing what God did. Jesus came to earth. Jesus, God in the flesh. God came to earth. And He, and he, he made Himself like us, as us, with us. And He, and he walked on this earth. And He literally, physically was here. And He was serving. He was a servant. And He was healing. He was giving CPR. And he was like, he was touching people's lives. And then we crucified him. He was just like the perfect man. He was wonderful. He was good. He was selfless. And then we put him on the cross. And him being on the cross, God poured his wrath on his son. You understand? He poured his wrath on his son. He was broken. He was bruised for our sin. Okay? And when you consider that, you look at that, you think about it, you believe on it, all of a sudden, I don't have to just feel bad. I can be broken in that brokenness. That can break my heart. It probably should break your heart to consider, to consider Christ's death. Right? That should humble you. It should quiet you. But then, it's not the end of the story. He was buried and He rose again and Jesus is alive today. And He was on earth for like a little over a month or so and there was hundreds of people who saw Him and the resurrection is this historical fact. It's documented. It's, it's scientifically proven. Right? And then He ascended into heaven where Jesus is now. And He offers each individual, He offers us eternal life. Life with Him, starting now. You can have life with Jesus Christ today. You can walk out of here, not just with forgiveness of your sins. That's great. But you can walk out of this room knowing that Jesus is in your heart and in your life and He's with you and He's never going to leave you nor forsake you no matter what you do. Because you have a flesh and you're going to mess up and I'm going to mess up. You're going to make bad decisions and you're going, to, you're going to say things and do things and wear things and feel things and buy things and commit to things that you shouldn't. 
But Jesus is still with you. That's good news. And that ought to produce in us a thankfulness. Okay, so that's a component, the C of the CPR, resuscitating your devotion on your quiet time. It's just acknowledging your weakness, but everything that He has to offer you. It's acknowledging it, confessing it, and growing to a place of thankfulness for it. Well, the P, there's C-P-R, the P is prayer unto listening. So we're going to dig into that. We're going to talk about this invitation that God has to us to pray and to, to commune with Him, to be with Him, to abide with Him. And if we will just answer that invitation in prayer, and then we get to a place of listening, I think there's great, great benefit and blessing to that. And then we're also going to cover the R, which is repentance unto obedience. Repentance unto obedience. So let's pray. I'm going to have you guys just pray, maybe with the person next to you, the couple of people around you. Let's go ahead and pray that you would hear exactly what God wants you to hear from His Word this morning. And pray for me that I would be able to, to speak whatever needs to be spoken and I'd be able to just get out of the way. Does that make sense? Amen? Okay, take a couple minutes. Let's pray for this morning. Ready to go. Father, this morning we need You. God, we, we desperately need You. And we ask that You would just, uh, by Your Spirit, You would lead us to understand and to acknowledge and to believe and to see everything that we need to from Your Word this morning. Uh, open our eyes that we may behold wondrous things out of Thy law. God, we want to, we want to see You this morning. And we want to... We want to receive from you. We want to engage with you. We want to, uh, we want to meet with you. Even now, would this be our devotional or our quiet time? Could we see it this way? That we're just humbling ourselves. We're just coming to your feet to be with you. God, help us to do that. Maybe this is the only quiet time we've had all week. But Lord, let it be that. And, and fill us up. <laughs> fill us up. Refresh us, encourage us, build us up this morning, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So these fellas got some, uh, they've got some passages to hand to you. They're going to give you the book of Philippians. You're going to use that um, just as like a workshop exercise kind of thing here this morning. There's two pages that go with it, so don't pass on extra pages. You should have two pages. It's Philippians chapter 1 all the way through chapter 4. While you're getting that, okay... Set that aside. Take, take Philippians, set it down on the ground next to you or under your Bible or whatever. Set that aside. You're not looking at that just yet. I want you to consider some other verses from the Bible here. Okay. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Who knows that verse? Does anybody, anybody think they know what that verse is? Revelation 3, 20? Anybody have a guess? Come on, I know some of you do. Just say it. What do you think Revelation 3, 20 is? What kind of Bible nerds do we have in here, huh? Revelation 3.20? Any nerds? Any nerds? It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Yeah, Aubrey knows what I'm talking about. Jesus says in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. That's a great invitation. Jesus is knocking at the door of your and my heart, and He says, if you'll let me in, we can have a good time together. We can hang out. 
I can feed you. We'll eat together. In John chapter 15, verses 4 through 8, who knows what that one's about? Come on, Bible nerds. John chapter 15, verses 4 through 8, Mitch knows. Mm, kinda. Sorta. What, Kylie? That the the yes, that's, the, that's where Jesus says, Abide in me. Abide means to dwell, to live. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. That's like, imagine a, a tree branch and the vine being the trunk. Okay, let's just, for our sake. So the branch, if you see a branch on the ground, it's not bearing fruit, right? It has to be connected to the body. Okay, so he says, except, except, abide, uh, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. You can't bear fruit unless you're abiding in Jesus. He says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, 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 ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. And my words abide in you. Everybody say that. And my words abide in you. You shall ask what you will, and it shall, be done, it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. So just put these two kind of concepts together. Having a meal with Jesus, abiding in and with Him, and, and being fruitful. Having the fruit of the Spirit, having the fruit of a life lived with God, coming out of your life, that being you have joy and you have peace and you have long-suffering and you have gentleness and you have love and you feel love and you can give love. Imagine that. And not only that, but you have those things, but you have them to offer others. You want to talk about being fulfilled. You want to talk about having purpose. You know, we're all looking for those jobs after high school. Like Dylan's talking about being a fire, fireman. I think that's awesome. I think he should do it. Should go find out. See if that's what you got. That's awesome. But if I can use that as, a, as an example, because I can relate to that, I, you know, I, I wanted to do things similar to that. He's gonna feel fulfilled being a firefighter because he's gonna go in. He's gonna imagine this, dude. He's got his fireman thing on. He's got his axe. He's super buff and jacked because, you know, he's, he hits that 21, 22 where all the testosterone just, so he's shredded. And he kicks the door down. And there's a bad guy in there because why not, you know? Hits that guy who started the fire and he just grabs him and he throws him out the window. And then there's this single woman. And she's beautiful. And she needs a rescuer. Dylan takes his mask off. Follow me. And he goes and he picks her up and he puts her on his shoulder and he kicks down the door again and then he, he's out there free and he rescues his damsel in distress. That would be pretty fulfilling, right? That would be pretty exciting. Now, hopefully that happens for you, bro. I mean, that'd be awesome. Praise the Lord, right? But the reality is that would be fulfilling but you're probably going to be an accountant. You're probably going to be 
a secretary or a marine biologist or you're going to own an auto mechanic shop or you're going to be a manager at Walmart or you're going to be whatever. And may I just propose to you that whether you're doing heroic things like Dylan hopefully will or you're doing mundane things that the majority of us will do. You know what I do all day? Chris knows what I do all day. How exciting was that? Boring, it was terrible. <laughs> I sat there and I was just... I suppose I get to go camping with you guys. You That's fun. I don't yet, but yes, I mean, there is that in place. Yeah, that's available, right? So it's not all bad. A good job is a good job, and yet it's not going to fulfill you like, like, like obeying the Great Commission will. If you have the fruit of the Spirit in your life, you're walking with God, you're abiding in Him, and you know and acknowledge that He's abiding in you because His words are abiding in you. And you're meeting Him in His Word, and you're being filled up, and you're being fed by His Word, and then you go into whatever job it is, or whatever school you go to, or whatever it is that you're going to go out and do. You go out there, and people are drawn to it. And you see open doors. You begin to see the world in light of spiritual realities, and you see an open door because this person's asking about this thing that sounds spiritual or maybe church-related. And you say, hey, I think that's an open door. And then you speak about the Lord. And then all of a sudden there's a connection. And then all of a sudden there's an invitation. And then maybe you're leading them to the Lord, but maybe you're just inviting them. And maybe they say yes, and maybe they say no. And either way, you've got peace because you know you're just fulfilling the purpose that God has for your life. That is exciting. Okay? But that doesn't happen because you just decide I'm going to be heroic and I'm going to go to my school tomorrow and I'm going to win a bunch of people to the Lord. You know how that happens? You know how you become fruitful? It starts with, it starts with prayer and answering the invitation that He is offering to come and be with Him. It starts with abiding. That's the boring part, if we can be real candid. We don't like to do boring things, do we? But what if I told you that reading your Bible doesn't have to be boring? It can actually be difficult, challenging, rejuvenating, exciting. Check this out. Responding to this invitation to be with God in that quiet time or that devotional life looks like confessing and pouring out your heart to God in prayer. I've been challenged the last week and a half. God's just... I don't know what it is. Kylie, we were trying to figure it out last night, but I'm just like frustrated. I'm impatient. I'm stressed out. I got a lot going on. And then I've got, I've got, I know that my heart is selfish and it's proud and it's confusing and God's just working on something. And I don't know what it is yet. I know I'm a flesh bag. I'm there. I've got to the point where I've confessed. And there have been times where I've been able to pour out my heart, but that's kind of the process I'm in. Just getting whatever's going on in here out to the Lord. Creating time and space for that. Psalm 62 verse 8. This is, this is available to us. It says, Trust in Him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before Him. Trust Him. And pour your heart out. God is a refuge for us. Selah. Sorry. You're in the Bible. 
God wants you to cast your care and pour out your thoughts and your heart to Him. Here's an insight for you, okay? This is, uh, you, you know, this is good for th- those of you who want to be used by God. You want to minister to people. Here's an insight. Good counselors are good listeners. Good counselors are good listeners. If you're going to counsel someone with the Word of God, if you're going to instruct and lead them and teach them and help them by investing the Word of God into them, you're going to have to be a good listener. doesn't mean that you listen to everything that everybody says. I don't listen to everything. Like, sometimes you guys say things to me, and I just tune it out. Sorry. Sometimes you're just talking about stuff that doesn't matter. Now, if you're talking about yourself, or you're talking about your problems, well, I'm, I'm going to try to engage and listen to you. But if you're talking about, like, inside jokes and stupid stuff, well, I don't care, whatever. It doesn't matter. But a good listener, someone who, when someone is, when, when, when Josiah is going to pour his heart out, to the Lord before me. What am I going to do? Yeah, that sounds good. Sorry, dude. That's weird. You should probably go tell Mitch. I've got to be willing to engage and listen. And that is how God is. You come to Him with your burdens and you want to lay them out. You want to pour them out. And you finally get to that breaking point because your life is falling apart because you feel so miserable and empty and lonely that you don't go pour your heart out just to the people in this room, but you actually come before the throne of grace, boldly before the throne of grace in a time of need, and you lay it all out. Get it out. Lay it out. And God will meet you there. And He sits across from you. And he looks you in the eyes. And He gives you those nonverbal listening cues. Now He doesn't really. Because you can't see Him. But He is. He's listening. He's got more ear than you have voice. And He wants you to pour your heart out. So God is listening to you as you pray your guts out. And in addition to these highly emotional prayers that you ought to have here and there, that's not all that your prayer life should be. Okay, I remember I was working through some things with my family, and I remember I had a golden minivan that I was driving, which is bizarre because I didn't have children at the time. But I had this minivan. That's what I drove. I had leather seats. It was kind of nice. And one night... I just was, I was so burdened. I'd been burdened for a couple weeks about a family situation. And finally, I'm driving. I think I was driving home or something. I don't know where I was. But, and I, I was, like, I was working through this idea of, do I pray out loud by myself? Right? Have you ever thought through that? Have you ever, I mean, have you come to a conclusion? Do you pray out loud by yourself? Yep. It's wonderful. It really is great. You should try it. Okay, so I was working up the confidence. I'm by myself in a car. There's literally no one that could hear me. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. And I just start praying out loud in my minivan. And I was parked somewhere. And I just started blubbering. And it all came out. And I'm just weeping. I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? And it's not about the crying. It's not about the emotional high of a moment like that. It's about the honesty. It's about the humility. Saying, this is how I feel. This is where I'm really at, God. And I believe you hear me. And so I'm going to just tell you all about it. If you've not been there, hopefully you will be. 
Because those moments are needed. But beyond that, okay, so maybe you're like, I don't really think I have much of that going on in my heart right now. Perfect. Praise the Lord. That's actually great. Okay, you, you'll get there at some point, like something will come up or God will bring your attention to something in your heart that you didn't even know was there. It happens all the time. There's stuff, I'm, I'm loaded, you know, the, the counseling idea that you've got to go back into your past and examine your father relationship with your dad and all that. There's probably something to that. Don't go searching for that. Okay? Let God do that work in you. Okay? What you and I need to do is just be simple and honest. Whatever's in there, whatever's going on, we just give it to Him. And if, I mean, dude, I'm loaded with problems and issues and sin and gunk and confusion. There's all kinds of junk in here. I don't need to just work to try to pry it and find it and search it. Like, I'll let him search my heart. Does that make sense? Okay, but what I'm saying is, if that's not where you're at, well, here's what prayer can look like. Okay, so you've got Philippians. Go ahead and grab Philippians. Pull it up. Get it in front of you. God is listening to you when you pour out your heart to Him. But additionally, when you circle words and phrases in your Bible, when you underline verses, when you highlight passages, when you define words, when you're commenting in the margins, when you're asking questions in your journal, those pieces of your quiet time are also expressions of prayer. Those are you analyzing, identifying, and expressing thoughts, questions, things that are encouraging. Why, why would you underline a verse? Well, because it stands out. It's encouraging to me. You're underlining it. You're connecting with the passage. You understand? Okay. You're like, no, I don't do that. I think that's the point. I think what I'm saying is, if you want to connect, you should have these emotional outpourings of your heart, but you should also have a daily conversation where you're reading and you're analyzing, you're considering these words, and as you're considering them, you're responding to them. What does this mean? I have questions in my Bible from years and years ago that I answer along the way. Sometimes God gives me the answer, and sometimes there's just questions in there that I still don't know. But I ask the question in the margin of my Bible, God, what does this mean? Why did this happen? And I just keep going. And then there's a verse that really stands out. I'm like, this is what I need today. Or it's, this is how I need to parent. This is how I need to husband. This is how I need to pastor. This is how I need to work. This is how I need to feel. This is how I need to believe. This is how I need to think. This is what I need to do. And I'm commenting. I'm interacting. That is your prayer. Does that make sense? So you've got Philippians... What I want to do for a very brief amount of time is just through chapter 1. Okay, chapter 1 is the, the front page and then maybe a little bit onto the back. Nope, just the front page. You're just going to read through it and I want you to do that. Look for a word that stands out. Underline a passage that you like. Highlight something you'd like to remember. Write a question that you wonder. Does that make sense? Interact with the text and then just see what stands out. Does that make sense? Real simple. Keep it real simple. We'll take five minutes to do it. Does that work? Okay. Five minutes. Grab your utensils. There's pens over there if you need them. You can get your own.
We'll just workshop this. Don't feel bad. Just get up and get it. Let's do it. Five minutes. Here we go. Okay, I'm actually going to stop you. So that was about five minutes. But it didn't feel like it, did it? Because reading takes a little bit of time. Especially when you slow down and you're like trying to interact with it. So here's what I would suggest. Carve out 15 minutes. Whatever. I'm not going to tell you when to have your quiet time. I'm not going to tell you how to do it. That's between you and the Lord. You figure that out. You know your schedule better than, than any of us do. But you carve out that time where you can slow down. And maybe there's going to be times where you read a lot. Like maybe you do one of these Bible reading programs. I find that to be really helpful just when I'm sitting down and I'm reading. I'm not, I'm not doing this. right? I'm not taking my time. But, but there are other times where I slow down and I've got just a smaller passage. Maybe it's something I'm preaching or teaching or working through. And then in that 15, 20 minutes, it can start taking a long time. You can really sit down with the Lord for a long time once you start interacting at this level. And you'll find that time's going by and you just spent 30 minutes, 45 minutes, half an hour with the Lord and all you're doing is just engaging with it. Right? It's not just reading, it's engaging. So it can look like, once you get the habit of it and you figure it out, I just wanted to give you some examples because I want, you show, I want to show you how messy it is for me. It's, it's, often I don't have like systems or, or organization to it. I like to print the page like you guys have because then I can write on it and it's not official in my Bible. You know what I mean? So I got this mess. I've underlined and I've circled things and I've drawn lines through the passages. And it's okay because it's just on a piece of paper. And in this moment, these things were what God was showing me. And I'm writing questions and I'm writing ideas and I'm writing thoughts. And this, this is useless to you. You'd look at this and you'd be like, what is he talking about? Just random comments. Perfect. The Lord knows exactly what he was doing right here. Does that make sense? But you can also, you can systematize it. So in, in my Bible, which you can get a Bible, and if you get a wide margin Bible, you get some space to write in it. Okay, you can get whatever Bible you want. I don't care. But if you want to write in your Bible, you need a wide margin Bible. Because then you got all kinds of space to get on the edges of where, whatever text you're reading. And then if you, you can't really see it because it's pretty faint, but this has different colors of highlight. I use colored pencils. Colored pencils is a good way to do it. You can use highlighters. You just want something that won't bleed through the pages, especially if you have thin pages. But you can just color code it. And now I know that everything is yet that is in yellow is talking about God's character. God is whatever. Or I know that anytime there's, you know, red, or I, like my system fell apart like the day after I started it. Like there's just a mess in here. The point is you can code it so that now you have this you have this resource, you have this Bible that you can go to and you can navigate it and you know what is what. I've also got notes at the beginnings of books that says when it was written or where it was written from or just little things that I've learned as we're sitting under the preaching of this book. And you could just be engaging with the text as you're hearing it or as you're reading it. Does that make sense? I don't think there's a right or a wrong way to do it necessarily. But, but I think if we engage, there's something to that. And that becomes, I believe, prayer. Okay, so you sit down. Maybe you pour out your heart. Maybe you're just engaging. And God is listening. But it can't stop at 
You sat down, you spoke, and you read. That can't be the end of it. When you sit down with the Lord, keep in mind this other key insight about counselors and counselees. Good counselors are good listeners. Good counselees are good listeners. Counselee is the person who's getting counseled. If you're going to be a good counselee, if you're going to be a person who actually benefits from hearing someone instruct and lead you, you've got to be a good listener. So often in church, you're going to sit down with somebody and you need counsel and you need help and they lead you and they give you some insight from Scripture and they give you some support and they say, hey, consider this. Hey, do this. And you've got a choice. You're the one that wanted counseling. Are you going to listen to them or not? Are you just going to tune, tune out what they've said? You know, the parts that you like, you'll keep them. The parts that you don't like, nah, I'm not going to do that. What's the point of counseling? What's the point of meeting and talking with someone, right? Keep that same desperation that a person has when you come down front to get saved and you know that you've come to the end of yourself and you have nothing to offer in this interaction. You just need that person to show you from Scripture how to be saved. Whatever you tell me, I'm going to do it. I'm following the Lord and I'm, I'm trusting that He's going to use you to get me through that. Right? Hello. But the same thing applies when you're trying to figure out what you're supposed to do after high school, when you're trying to figure out your home life, when you're trying to figure out school, when you're trying to figure out what you should do uh, you know, next semester or whatever. Dude, just listen. Humble yourself. Be open. Right? But specifically, in Scripture, Cap, okay, I'm talking about, I'm talking about this counselor. Because he listened to you. Now you be quiet and you listen to him. Okay? So, Psalm 119, verse 24, the psalmist David says, Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. Whatever, whatever they say, I'm going to do it. So as you read and you consider the scriptures in your quiet time, you must determine to hear and listen to God's word speak specifically into your heart. So you got these printable Bible pages. You've got your reading program. I think you've got everything you could need in order to listen. And now you just have to choose to do it. Right? You just got to choose to do it. So when you sit down today or tomorrow, whenever you have that quiet time and you open the Bible and you interact with it, if it's instructing or leading you in some certain way, you've got to first recognize that He's leading you in some certain way. So yesterday I sat down, I was reading Second, uh, second or 1 Timothy chapter 1, I'm reading, and then I got stuck, boom, on uh, my faith. My, my interactions being uh, from a place of charity. I need to be charitable, giving, loving with a pure heart. I just recognize there's something in my heart that's not pure. And it doesn't have to do with like sexuality. It has to do with pride and confusion and something. I don't know yet. God's going to get it figured out. But I knew. I stopped right there. I'm like, that's what I needed to hear. I knew it caught me. 
And then today, it's the same thing. I'm like, man, I think I'm still caught on that. I need to be loving out of a pure heart. What is it, God? Show me. (laughs) Help me. And I'm not leaving that until He shows me. You understand? It's going to take me multiple days to figure out that one verse that He stopped me at. And it's my responsibility to listen and to, to watch and to figure that out. R. So you got C, confession unto thankfulness. P, prayer unto listening. And then R, repentance unto obedience. So now that you've confessed your need to God and you received His goodness towards you through Jesus Christ, right? Unto thankfulness. You've got this proper heart posture before the Lord and you open His Word and now you're praying and you pour your heart out to Him and you begin to listen and to follow His leading in Scriptures. You've emptied yourself and you're filling yourself with with the Word. Then you have to truly submit and turn. There's an action involved. It's not just, I I read it, I took it in, and now I go about my way. No, it's a, oh, that's confronting me. Oh, I don't like that. Because that's challenging. Because that means I have to look and be and think and decide differently. You've got to decide whether you're going to do that, whether you repent. That's just turn from your own ideas, from your own plans, from your own opinions, from your evil thoughts, from your lusts, from your ambitions or your pursuits. Whatever you've got going on, you've got to decide, as He's leading and guiding me this way, I'm following that. I'm abandoning my own self. And James one chapter, uh, James chapter one verse twenty two to twenty five says, "Be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was." But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Last night I trimmed my beard and I cut my sideburns off on accident. And I cut it off like a sharp line right here. I had to go back in and like fade it so it didn't look quite as obvious but it was like a sharp line right here i looked like i wanted to be in an 80s hair band it was bizarre dude and i i didn't mean to and i was like i googled like okay i gotta get a haircut tonight like emergency haircut and i was looking in the mirror and i was like crap this is not good and i went out and i'm like kylie anyway i I didn't show concern. I was like, what do you think? She's like, oh. I'm like, dang it. I'm like, okay. What do I do? She's like, it's okay. You know, I'm going to be in Kaya. So seniors, you're invited to come down to Kaya today. She's like, you're going to be in Kaya. That's a good place to be quirky. Like you're trying something new. I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. I don't know. Now, I could have just looked in the mirror and thought, dang it. Mess that up. Oh well. Or I could reason with it and say, okay, I need to like try to fix it a little bit. So I went in and I tried to make it a more subtle line. I need to get a haircut this week, but 
The point is, I saw it. It was a problem. I had to do something about it. Right? I had to do something about it. And we have to do the same thing. You get into his word and you see that mm, there's something there. He's trying to tell me, I, I can't not do something about it. I've got to actually obey. I've got to actually surrender. I've got to actually change. We can't deceive ourselves in thinking it's profitable or acceptable to consider what God says to us and then turn our backs on it. You can't think that's okay. You can't. Because that's ultimately turning your back on the Lord. And you don't want to do that. Nobody in here wants to turn your back on the Lord. But when you turn your back on what He says, you are. So if, if we will just decide, I'm going to get to that place where I confess, I'm confessing and I'm thankful and I'm praying, so now I'm listening. And then as I'm listening, I'm seeing that there's some things I need to repent of. There's one thing that I need to repent of. I'm just going to obey it. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do as I'm told. The Bible says there's blessing there. And that blessing, I believe, looks like the fruit of the Spirit. It looks like fruit, souls in your life. It looks like peace. Looks like goodness. Looks like growth. And those are things that I think you want, right? Those are things I want. So ask me about it. Ask me about, ask me about if I get resolved, whatever's going on in my heart. Call me to the carpet. Because I know there's something in there. And I know it has to do with pride. But I don't really know. I mean, maybe it's just pride. Maybe I've just got some pride in my heart that I like need to be humbled with. I don't know. Maybe that's why I cut my hair wrong. God's like, would you just be humble? I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what it is. I know that there have been times where, you know, when you're a young man, like a younger man, I'm still a young man, but a younger man, a lot of it is like hormonal. It's sexual in nature. Like those are the thoughts that are just like, and you're a, you're a young lady. It's those thoughts. You're like, but what's interesting is you get you, you you just age a little bit, and then those things still come at you as you. I mean, I don't think those ever really stop, but then it's like other things that you had no idea were in your heart. You just I just thought my the impurity of my heart was like. Lust and sexuality. Dude, there's all kinds of jacked up stuff in there. I'm like, whoa! I'm envious. I'm, I'm proud. And it's subtle. It's sneaky, bro. You don't even, like, you don't even think about it. You don't know it. It's deceiving you to think that you're not that way. But it's in there. And then, as you show up with the Lord, He's like, hey, how about this? And it's in that subtle, like, hey, have you thought about this? Hey, you might be a little bit rebellious. Hey, you might be a little bit whatever. That's when it's like, ooh. So, keep me, keep me accountable. Next week, say, hey, how's your heart? Jeff, over here hollering at us, you hypocrite. That's right, I am. I definitely am. And I need accountability just like you do. 
And I want to get to a place where you're saying to me, hey, keep me accountable. I got this thing in my heart. God's working on something. He's doing something. I want to get to a place where we say that. That's the language that we have with each other. Does that make sense? That's what we talk about. Not talking about things that don't matter. Playing, you know, riding motorcycles, whatever. Those things are good. Go ride your motorcycles. Nobody cares. Don't die, please. But beyond that, let's get real. You know what I mean? Like, let's have, have some stuff that's in our life be shared. That's where the blessing is. That's where the excitement really is. Amen. Okay, I'm going to pray for you guys, for my heart. Take Philippians with you. If you need some help with any of this, I want you to pray with each other. I want you to connect with one another. Connect with Mitch, Rhonda, Brock. Connect. And let's let's get honest with the Lord where we're at. Does that make sense? Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you for this class. God, I love these students and I love the counselors here. And I am grateful for them. I'm grateful to be part. And I'm grateful for... Um, I'm grateful that I'm, I'm not in charge of my own life and leading and directing it and making it perfect that you are. And I'm grateful that I'm not in charge of leading and guiding these souls in here, but that you are. And my job is to say your word after I've considered it and submitted to it myself. My job is to just sing praise to you. To just lift up with as loud of a voice as I can come up with how good you are. That's my job. It's simple. And that's, I, I know what I'm, I know that's one of the things that I'm being challenged with by you and your word is just to keep it simple. To just be a worshiper. God, would you show us what it is that you, that you want to change, that you want to tweak in our lives. As we go through the rest of this morning, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.